Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. All right, let's do a live on a sun-kissed Thursday edition of the program, Merely Bo and the Great Z. How you living, buddy? I'm good, man. You know I love Thursdays. Thursdays are like... You had first Friday last night. Enjoyed yourself. You got real Friday tomorrow. You got Thursday. It's the start of the NFL week. Yeah. Little Bills Patriots tonight. So I'm pumped. The guys are back in the building. The energy's here. We're fully on to the Houston Texans. We're ready to go. So yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. The if you can get through Thursday morning coming out of a first Friday, you're home free. I'm trying to give a little I'm trying to rise the ranks. She did Carolyn, our our Caroline, our new in the content team yep she did like rankings and i was way down the ranks she said i don't say high enough so i'm trying i'm really efforting there where were you low remember what happened to connor, connor. With the, connor yeah, with now at the top of his yeah people come around they come they around. always come around yeah it might take years in she some actually, cases for people to pay you compliments or be kind to you she was actually incredibly nice yesterday it's yeah. right that's it it, Sometimes it could take a decade it could I mean, be more long time yeah, about a decade about a decade it's a long time it's a good job by you slow by to way. get to it that's good by yeah. you uh hey better late than never yeah um but we're do i guess there's a secret santa thing going on and she wanted to make sure that i was cool with actually heard my son had gotten bar mitzvah and she's yeah, trying yeah. to be you know sensitive and making sure i was in i was like Sweetie, I'm Buddy the Elf. Like, I'm all in. Like, <laughs> you are Buddy the Elf. Let's go. I, I'm drive everywhere I drive right now, Christmas songs, nonstop. First thing I do is I wake up, tree lights on, Christmas connect right to the Bluetooth speaker. Always start the day, every single day with Michael Buble. It's beginning to look like Christmas. So I start every single day until Christmas. And then I'm going to keep it going after just that. Just maple old fashions and just having the time of my life, just enjoying it. I made a beat, a rant, a rare. Midweek beef soup because we don't have the kids wow. this week because I'm out of we're uh, you know we away games next Flying. two weekends yep so a rare midweek beef soup we watched uh, the Gardens of the Galaxy Christmas special I gotta run or holiday back. special it was good how was that was that good yeah it's just 45 minutes of silliness the whole premise is about that uh, Peter Quill loves Star Lord loves uh, Kevin Bacon from his youth and so Drax and Mantis are gonna go bring him Kevin Bacon as a Christmas <laughs> gift. Which is hysterical. Is that on Disney Plus? Disney Plus. Okay. I'll it's check. 45 minutes. Yeah, quick that's perfect. The Santa Claus series yeah. is great. We're enjoying that. Yep. Peyton Manning just made a cameo. Did he really? Yeah. In, in the most recent. Interviewing for the role of Santa Claus. Wow. We did Home Alone Saturday, I think. Have you done the real Santa Claus for the kids? Yeah. Do they? Yeah. Yeah? No, no. They, they're into all favorite. of it. They're into all of those. Yeah. They, they like all of those. It's a... Uh, the wife and I always do love actually at some point throughout the month. That's, we just hit did that, that on. Yeah. Uh, we hit that. Uh, it's fantastic. Tuesday night. Just can't I feel help it in my fingers. So good. I feel it. How in good my is that toes. guy? He's my Uncle hero. Billy. Yeah, Uncle Billy. We talked. We, we were talking about this yesterday off air. One of my favorite Christmas movies, even though it's just kind of more centered around Christmas and it's yeah. a good like rom com, whatever. But I don't know why I just forget every year. I forget that it's it's got some raunchy aspects to it that are not Visually, suitable for the general public when i um of a certain age yes that's the, right. so i had forgotten that too and the first time that um i remember we were it was before kids and we were telling amy's parents that they should watch it that it's great and they're <laughs> like we should watch it like, here we'll watch it and then the scene that you're discussing comes up and as and then i it hits me oh yeah that's right and it's probably the most Ooh. forgettable because it's a totally forgettable storyline in the movie Does it's make any not sense? It's, it's no sense that it's in there they're not even they're sort of kind of tangentially connected to somebody on a 
and the, the guy who goes to the U.S., the guy who's going to go to America and yeah. have the time of his life, which I guess he kind of does. He does. He wins. Yeah. His buddy is like the set director. Right. That's it. That's it. I just think But that don't w- they show up at the end? They do. With somebody? They're hanging out with like they're, Liam Neeson, aren't they? Yeah, they're connected somehow. Somehow through that. Yeah. I don't know. So it's there's that part of it. But yes, would, I do forget. Would you like to feel old? Please. I love, love nothing more. 20 years ago. Good Lord. How about that? It is. I mean, it's got to be. 20. Yeah. Christmas Vacation released in theaters on this day, 1989. It had to be. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, that's unbelievable. I mean, that's so great. Miss K, five months and change at the time. Fantastic. <laughs> Heck of a power play out of you. That's great. Yeah. The, um, no, that's it. That, yeah, that'll be on there. They'll do that. They'll do Elf. You put me on eight the, months and change. Bad the, man. um, office christmas party one that's fun that so is, I'll, I'll trot that out this month a, that's a delight yeah yeah jason bateman oh yeah is that oh the one god yeah. yeah bateman aniston yeah. it is that's great that is definitely not for the youth no or no, the no, or, no or the older no no, no it's i'm great. still an old grinch i like the old grinch cartoon like the, the 20 minute love for that sure. that's fantastic it is That's a good great. one. The yeah. new Christmas Story movie is good. Christmas Story Christmas. Oh, is it? They and do okay pay, with it that? It hits a lot of the notes. It pays homage. I mean, it's hard because the tour de force is the old man. The old man is the whole and operation. And it's kind of in some ways a tribute to the old man, which is I'm all for old man content. That sounded weird. But yeah. the old man uh, in the Christmas Story. Um, but, yeah, that's a great one. I, I The night before isn't bad. It's not as good yeah, as like Office Christmas that. Party. Same vein, same genre. It's got Seth Rogen. Yeah. You've never seen that? I don't think so. I Rogen, it's got the guy who is um, Falcon in the Marvel series. Okay, that guy's in the mix? He's in the mix. Okay. Rogen. And then I, I can't believe I'm blanking on the third, but uh, the third person's also of, of note. It's amazing how many there are. The uh, Elf is great, obviously. Elf's goes elite. without saying. That's elite, buddy. Yeah. Um, that's then, me. Little that's buddy, you, buddy Little buddy the Elf, yeah. yeah. The um, I like the one with Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon. Uh, four oh, Christmases, four, yeah, four Christmases. Like he, it's a tour de force out of Vaughn at the Christmas. Oh, that's an automatic. Pageant. Oh, concert. He's unreal. He's what out. about Favreau? Favreau's amazing. I mean, come on, the the dad Favreau is Duvall. Yeah, that's right, Bob, Bob Duvall. Bob Duvall. That's right. Favreau eating the chicken wings, and then, and then the Sue wrestle, from then Swingers, who I've never seen him in anything. Shows yeah. up at since swingers, he's been in nothing, and then shows up as Vaughn dating Vaughn's mom. Yeah, just randomly. That's great, so great, so great. The holiday's also a nice one if you want like a, yeah. a romantic one, a little Jack Black. The swap, Kate Winslet, and then who's on the other side of that? Is it Jude Law and somebody? Jude Law, yeah, Jude Diaz Law and Cameron Diaz. Yeah, there you go. All right, well we've done it. There you go. There it is. The next level's next. It's a good rundown by it. Really was. Gave you everything you need. Was that? Were you ever a Polar Express guy? My kids like it. My wife watches it with the kids. <laughs> yeah, I was done in. I did that ridiculous Cuyahoga Falls train thing. Uh-huh, uh-huh, that uh-huh, that yeah. thing. Oh, the Polar Express. That sucker. Yeah, well, I got talked into that. Kids were old enough. I didn't have to deal with that. Yeah, it's not the real Win. Polar Express. <laughs> um, the- Klaus is good. Have you seen that? The, mm-hmm. It's the origin story of Santa Claus called no, Klaus. No, not. Oh, no. and the kids will. I think the kids will like it. It's good. It's like a cartoon. Okay. It's good. Yeah. What is that? Like a Hallmark movie or something? No, it's on. No. I just remember is the taking that, that with a bunch of guns. And no, explosions? Christmas Bounty though. They're ready for Christmas Bounty. Jeez. Oh, oh my God. Jeez. What is he doing? <laughs> what is he? 
What is he doing? He's showing up to look at property at the Yellowstone Club yeah. today. Yeah. Is what he's doing. It looks like I'm he's I'm sorry, you have the 17-acre plot back on the lower 40. Can I take a look? That's it looks what... like he's like either a oh gajillionaire or like the lead pilot of the Blue Angels who's just Same. about to like stroll into the equal amount of panache. Panache. Both are there. Oozing. Oh my gosh, oozing charisma yeah. today. Oozing charisma. That was a next level. Klaus is on Netflix. 95% Rotten Tomatoes, Gibbe. Bite your tongue. K-L-A-U-S, Klaus. It's a cart. It's great. Kids will love it. It's the origin story of Santa. There you go. I like it. Highly recommend it. I'm trying to remember. <laughs> I remember on that ridiculous train thing, and it's probably great for, for some kids, but I was not in a great mood, and we, and we had all three of the boys, and on the way down to Peninsula, which is the North Pole for it, um, the one of the boys spilled their hot chocolate all over me. All over, they were little, and the, of course, you get the piping hot chocolate, the cocoa, and the and the hot chocolate got spilled all over yeah. me. And so, there's an image of me somewhere. I'll, I will find it because it's quite funny. I think you guys would both enjoy the misery of it. But as we get there, I'll never forget. Yep, I will never enjoy your misery. You'll like this photo though, because okay. I got a good really laugh in my mind. Like I got a little picture. I totally get it because yeah. it's happened to me. Give it, yeah. So their kids are crawling on me. It's taken longer than they want for it to get down there. Um, the, 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 I think it was, Why are we there yet, dad? Right. Beamsy was, was real quick spotting out the Santa Claus. Daddy's got a fake beard, fake beard. It's not a real beard on the Santa. Like he was quick to spot that quickly. Then we get down to peninsula. Now we had, we were building at the time. So we were driving 303 from North Royalton to, to, uh, Boston Heights area almost once a week. And we would drive through 303 and we're driving through and it's like, ladies and gentlemen, we're reaching the North pole. And and my oldest goes, Dad, the North Pole's a winking lizard, and I, <laughs> yes, I go, amazing, it really is. And then Beamsy Beamsy goes, Dad, the, the owls are fake; they're not even real. And so the whole thing was to hell. And then you have the whole ride back, well, go all the way back. And you're trying not to ruin the for all the fake. other they're kids that real. believe that this is real. Yeah. And your boys have totally yeah, because they would We're drive by. First train. of all, let me amazing, say amazing. let me say one thing for everybody yeah, listening right now today. Santa Claus is real. I'm going to go. I don't ahead. know that it and needs I, to be said. I, I feel like it's known. Play, it is well, known. I don't know what he. But I don't want somebody yeah. to misconstrue the words of this man. Yeah. Right here. Number two. What did I do? If you are going to, there's only one Santa Claus. He can't be everywhere. He can't be can't in every be. mall. Can't have guys working There's for only him. one. So he's got to have his crew. If you sign up though to be in the crew to represent the great Saint, the man, the man himself, SC. You've got to grow your beard. You got to you have go, to. You've got to. You've got to commit to it. My uncle Loy, full commitment. Eight, white hair, the beard, whole deal. Got to. I agree. There's one that we had uh, at First Energy Stadium the last couple of years. As legit as it gets. Yep. Can't tell me for sure. Not the real guy. That's how good it is. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's what you need. Operation. Though you can't be in there like in the no. elf, like Artie Lang in a fake beard. Smelling like beef Can't and cheese. It. Can't have it. No, you got to you got to do your end of the deal here, kids. Um, all right, we have uh, we've got a matchup. It's a matchup Thursday. We've have guess the lines coming up. That's pure joy. I've been it's, trading. I've been, I, some of this. I like it. I like where your head's at on that. Uh, you'll hear from AVP. We will do our offense versus the Texans defense coming up next. Deshaun Watson at the podium from earlier. We'll have that for you in fifteen minutes. Go ahead, Z. Oh yeah, yeah, good, good. There you go. Perfect. Great catch. Yeah. Little yeah, B moment. Pretty, that is a little that was B No trust moment. in your big B partner. Nope. By me? You did say yep. coming up next. No, no, no. No, no. You didn't listen. 
What did he say? You heard. Coming up, coming up next, a little matchup, a little AVP, uh, a little, and then in about yeah. 15 minutes. Well, you heard that part, but I heard you st- You said the F 15 minutes after you said Deshaun Watson, to be fair. But I did say coming up next, AVP and offense, and then Deshaun Watson in about 15 minutes. Nice job, All right. We're off and running. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Hey there, Browns fans. Enter for your chance to win Browns season tickets, free Milkbone dog treats for a year and more. It's all courtesy of Milkbone, the visual dog treat of your Cleveland Browns. Visit browns.com slash Milkbone to enter. Then visit your local Meyer to check out the varieties of Milkbone dog treats. And now let's head to the podium. Offensive coordinator Alex Van Pelt. Let's talk to Deshaun. The fact that he hasn't played in so long. Do you think it'll take him a while during games for him to be like himself, or how fast do you think he can? Yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, I would assume there'll be rust. You know, it, it's common with anybody that hasn't played in a long time, no matter what position. Um, you know, so there'll be some rust to knock off. Um, it is football, which he's done his whole life. So, um, you know, hopefully he knocks it off quickly. You know, but I, I just, you know, have expectations that there'll be some rust. Yes, Phil. How helpful is it to have, I know this has been kind of an awkward transition from Jacoby to Sean, but how much does it help to have a guy who's just played 11 games and has seen so much and is kind of, you know, as, as, as equipped to play as anybody right now? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I really feel good about the room, you know. I think we uh, obviously, the job that Jacoby did uh, for us, um, can't say enough great things about him. Um, one is his quarterback play, but just the leadership he showed. Um, you know, throughout his time as a starter, uh, his work ethic, um, you know, his love for his teammates is, is really fun to watch. So uh, really be remiss without giving him some credit. He's, he did a great job for us. But uh, to have him in that room still um, knows that we, we feel really good about where we sit in there. Alex, uh, we just, again, talking to Sean, you asked about what he saw in the first 11 games. And he said it was a very quarterback-driven offense, but that he gave us a line about, as far as Kevin Stefanski, you follow the rules, get the ball to the playmakers. Would you say that's kind of a fair assessment of, of what you guys are trying to do here? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I don't, you know, I think we're, we do some good things on offense. Don't want to lose that. Um, you know, getting the ball in our playmakers' hands. Um, Deshaun being one of those now. So finding ways to utilize the talent that's available, I think, is uh, what we've always strived for, and put those those players in the best position to be successful. You heard from a lot of players this week, offense and defense, that Deshaun's accuracy is kind of what they're most, not only surprised, but they've noticed the most. Have you seen the same? And is there something that you see amongst really accurate quarterbacks? Footwork, shoulders, just something that they Yeah, uh, for me as a quarterback analyst and all the work you do in the offseason watching these guys, it's for me it's a steady head. A uh, guy that throws around his body and doesn't have a lot of head movement, those guys generally are accurate passers, and he is, he is that. What are can you even begin? I guess to imagine the the possibilities in the run game for you guys, given the running backs room you have, and then Deshaun's obviously ability there as well now. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it open it opens up some more um, options for us, um, and hopefully we'll be tough to defend. You know, to have with him having the ability to, to uh, you know make some of those runs, um, you know, when they're chasing down the backside, things like that. Um, it, hopefully, it'll open up some more uh, space in the run game. It was uh, when the Browns uh, visited with Watson back in March. 
it was reported that Deshaun asked Kevin, what do I need to work on? You see, Kevin reportedly said, sell him the play fake a little better. Um, do you see, how would you assess his ability to do that? Because he didn't do a bunch of use. Right. Um, that's that's how we roll. <laughs> that's our offense. You know, we're a run action, play action, uh, keepers off the run game. So, um, you know, he bought in as soon as he started practicing with us. Um, he obviously saw the importance and what a great job Jacoby did in his play action, run action game. So um, that's expected from any quarterback that gets under center for us. Good at it? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's just, uh, it's like anything. If you emphasize it, you'll get results. And we obviously emphasize it here um, from the quarterback room. Um, and I, you know, he, he can be as good as anybody at it. Just made more deep balls with him at quarterback. Um, yeah, th that's a possibility. You know, he has the arm strength to definitely stretch the field. Um, you know, will we call more deep balls? I'm not sure, but will mo more balls be thrown deep? <laughs> Possibly. Um, but he, he definitely has the ability and the accuracy down the field. Was there yesterday was his first day fully back with the starters? Was there any? Um, big adjustment period. How did he fit in in that first day? Great. Uh, operated well in the huddle, I thought. Um, really did a good job at the line of scrimmage. His cadence was clean. We were really clean from an operational standpoint yesterday and expect that to uh, continue. Now, the guys do um, have to get used to a little bit of a different cadence. You know, that's just part of any quarterback, new quarterback that comes in. Um, but, but they've done a great job this week of working with him. Um, he has also done a great job of trying to sound as much as like Jacoby. Um, you always wanted to keep that rhythm and that and the cadence um, rhythmic and feel the same up front. So that's something we've worked on this week. How about his passes? I, I know Amari said he throws a real catchable ball, but while we were out there yesterday, it looked like some were going off guys' hands. Like, does his ball come in harder or faster than the guys will have to get used to? Um, yeah, I think he's probably a, a little more of a firm ball um, than Jacoby. I think they're both throw very catchable balls. Uh, it's just a matter of getting used to that, that tempo of the ball coming out of his hand. All right, there's your offensive coordinator, AVP. And now for the matchup specifics, we go to the good Dr. Z. All right, baby, let's go. This should be a good week for the Browns offense with Deshaun Watson, a nice place to make your first start. You're going against the 29th-ranked total defense, the 23rd scoring defense, dead last against the rush. I'll say it again, dead last against the rush, dead last in terms of giving up big plays, 24th in yards per play as well. So this is an, a matchup for us that feels very favorable. What are they going to do schematically? Well, they're going to play more cover two than any team in the league. It's Lovey Smith trained in the Tampa two days, uh, but they still will have the middle of the field closed, so that's a single high safety more often, uh, but they still play the most cover two in the NFL. They don't blitz a lot, but they run a lot of stunts and games, and when they do blitz, it comes from the linebacking position. Rarely will they blitz a corner, but they will do that, uh, but the majority of the blitzes are from the linebacker position. Four-man front all the time, not a multiple front team, 36% base defense, 64% nickel, uh, and that's just kind of how they roll. They do not do a good job against running backs. Running backs, not their rush defense. They are last in the league in rush defense, but against running backs, they are dead last. 145 yards and 1.3 touchdowns per game, 5.2 yards per carry. They've already allowed running backs to rush for 1,600 yards and 14 touchdowns through, what, 11 games? That feels like a lot. That's a lot. Uh, Derrick Henry, just for comparison, ran for 219 yards and two touchdowns against them in Week 8. They've allowed five 100-yard rushers this season. All five have rushed for more than 140 yards. So there's been nobody between 99 and 140. There have been five north of 140, including over 200 uh, there. So you can run the ball on them. Nick Chubb, when he has 100 yards this season, six times. The Browns are 4-2. and two. 
for his career. 28 career games of over 100 yards rushing. They are 20 and 8. Uh, quarterbacks, they've allowed three 300-yard passers, including two of last week. Three games with multiple passing touchdowns, including two of the last four. They do not have an interception as a defense in four straight games. They won't have their very talented first-round pick, Derek Stingley Jr., will not be available. At least that's the word right now. He's missed the last two with a hamstring injury. Um, the Browns, obviously, are going to lean on Nick Chubb. Uh, they have played here for the defense of the Houston Texans. 2,070 rookie snaps so far on their defense this year. That's second most in the NFL. Um, their safety, Jonathan Owens, has 92 tackles, leads the team. That is the most by any defensive back in the NFL. Never a great thing for your team. Uh, Jerry Hughes, eight sacks. He leads the team 11th in the NFL. He's had 10 sacks twice in his career, 2014-2015. Uh, and those remember who can remember well enough, in 2013 he had one and a half sacks against the Browns as a member of the Buffalo Bills. 2014 he had a scoop and score fumble recovery, which was certainly hurtful to our chances. Uh, you hope to have David Ajoku out there. We'll see. Um, Last week, uh, the Miami tight end scored a touchdown against them. Dallas Goddard reached 100 yards against them, but he's battling that knee injury there. But this is this is a favorable matchup. It's what you want. Last year, in case you're wondering, Nick Chubb, 11 carries, 95 yards, and a touchdown. He averaged 8.6 a pop. Kareem Hunt, 13 carries, 51 yards rushing in that one as they combined for 146 between the two of them. So not a great defense, not dynamic. Uh, a lot of kind of veterans that have been kind of piecemealed together. Um, they got they do have the great Kirko. He's got 79 tackles on pace for his third 100-tackle season of his career. Uh, their corners, Steven Nelson and Desmond King, are actually playing pretty well. Uh, the safeties, though, Jonathan Owens, Jalen Petrie have been putrid in coverage this year. But we might get to see our good friend MJ Stewart. We might get to see our good friend Tavier Thomas. He's playing the nickel now with Derek Stingley out. He's actually played pretty well the last two weeks. Uh, and Eric Murray, a former Brown as well. So lots of former Browns on this roster, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Um, but they're not great. Not a great defense, and the Browns should be able to uh, exploit them, I would say, in many, many different facets. A lot of Browns daily regulars. You just went oh, through yeah. that last group. That's right. A lot of CBD Regulars. like we Raiders. had Eric Murray in here a couple times. Certainly, Kirko was a staple. Kirko's a staple. MJ Stewart was very was MJ good. was in the mix. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, there you go. Um, what is your best slightly educated guess on what this offense will look like and what will be the biggest differences that we see from Brissett to Watson? It's going to look the same. It's going to be the same offense. You're going to see Deshaun Watson under center a lot more than you ever have before in his career, and he likes that. The difference is going to be coming that we're going to be able to do more read option and RPO game. So I've been talking about there's one play, and it was making the rounds on the internet, of where we did uh, shotgun on the right hip was Kareem, kind of a read option look, but really just a handoff to sweep across, and the, the backside end was Carl Nassib just ran right down the line, made the tackle. Now, if he does that, Deshaun will keep it in 30 yards. Now, Jacoby could have, and in mm -hmm. fact, there were times where they gave him the option to do that, um, but Deshaun, I think it's much more natural for him. He's run the read option a lot, and then we'll have you know RPOs where you can call a play, and he has the choice to hand it off, keep it himself, or throw it. And so there's just going to be a lot more of that kind of variation. I do think he will attack vertically more than perhaps Jacoby Brissett did. He's not afraid to squeeze it in there. The ball, his arm strength is better. Um, but it's going to be the same offense. We're, we are who we are. Yeah, yeah. Now you just are more dangerous. And I think we'll see, I think, and, and Coach Stavansky alluded to this a little bit, is that you'll see more zone coverage on third downs and perhaps more if there's a man with a spy because of his ability to extend plays. You, you know, we've seen Jacoby get where they play what they call – 
cover five. Some people call it cover five. Other people call it man, two man, mm-hmm. where you've got two deep safeties and then five across a man underneath. There's nobody to account for a quarterback that. So that's where Jacoby's gotten some of his big runs is where yeah. you see him run and there's nobody even looking at him. We're not going to get much of that look, I think, going forward. He is probably from he's, – he's probably during his time at Clemson probably the best RPO quarterback I've ever seen um, in, in college football. That's yep. how good he was at Clemson. It's, it's pretty staggering. He didn't win a Heisman. It was just weird timing. And he was a finalist twice. Um, I voted for him for sure once and maybe twice. But um, he was just sensational. But that, that RPO game that you're talking about, he was the very best – at what what he would do a lot is he would ride that handoff and then at the very last second you would see him hit a receiver yep. as he was coming to the line and it's a handful because yeah. he's ultra fast he's got a strong arm and he can do everything so it's it's something that we've never seen that in our offense to the level in the vicinity to the level it's going to be able to be run by him no it's a whole new ball game for people yeah and it, the threat is real Quite real, and that's yeah. gonna. I think that's gonna open things up for for Nick Chubb, and I think Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are gonna find things much easier than they have been in the past for them. Yeah, gonna be interesting to see. There's a new way to cheer on your Cleveland Browns with the help of your favorite four legged companion, Barking Backers, presented by Milkbone, the Browns' newest club for pet parents worldwide. Sign up today at BarkingBackers.com. Barking Backers, the fan club for dogs. Speaking of Deshaun Watson, he is at the podium, and we'll hear him coming up next. You'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. OBM, the official printer partner of the Cleveland Browns. Whether you depend on the Browns to win, you can always depend on OBM. They tackle any size office. The number is 216-485-2000 or ohiobusinessmachines.com. And now let's go to the podium and our quarterback, Deshaun Watson. First off, I just want to say I'm excited to be back. Uh, I'm excited to be back around my teammates. I also want to thank the Browns organization, the ownership, uh, my teammates in that locker room, all the coaching staff for all the support that they had for me, uh, especially my time away. Uh, also want to thank all my trainers, all my personal trainers outside when I was going away who uh, helped me stay in shape, you know, grind to put in the work so I'm prepared when I come back. Uh, thank also T3 performance trainers uh, who was out there throwing with me uh, with my time away. Uh, also want to thank all the Cleveland fans in the city of Cleveland for you know, embracing me, but also uh, helping me adapt to the community. Um, it's been awesome. It's been great, you know, being out, going to dinner and social places, being able to hang out with some, some of the fans and interact with them. Um, and I also just want to thank just everyone that's, you know, been sending out some uh, positive uh, energy towards my way. But uh, I understand that you guys have, uh, you know, a lot of questions. Um, but with my legal team and my clinical team, um, there's only – football questions that I can really address at this time. And I also want to thank, uh, most importantly, Jacoby, uh, the big brother he's been to, to me and everyone in that locker room, the passion, the grit, the leadership he has shown uh, these past weeks. Everyone has seen it. I mean, he's, uh, he's the ultimate guy that everyone wants to you know, follow. So uh, he's been awesome for me. Uh, our relationship has been great. The bond has been great. Uh, and we're going to continue to grow from there and uh, you know, help win some, some more football games for the Cleveland Browns. So um, I'm open to answer any football questions. 
Sean, part of your agreement with the league was to undergo counseling and therapy while you were away. What did you learn about yourself during that time, and how do you apply that to now moving forward? Um, you know, I, I respect your question. I understand, but that's that's more in that phase of clinical and, and legal stuff. And uh, you know, I've been advised to, you know, stay away from that and keep that personal. John, how do you feel about playing your first game in Houston? Um, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited to just play football in general um, in front of Cleveland Browns fans, but also in front of some of the Houston Texans fans. Uh, you know, I respect the whole organization of the Houston Texans. I respect the McNair family. I respect everyone that was there that drafted me in 2017. There's been great memories, fun memories. Uh, I, you know, I still have a home in Houston. Uh, I still have friends and family that, that's still in Houston. The relationships are still there. People, some of the players on the team, you know, I play with are seen, you know, come up from, you know, maybe practice squad or from injuries. So, uh, you know, I'm excited to get in front of all those fans. I have so much love for the city of, of Houston and H-Town, and everyone in that city pretty much knows that. Uh, so I'm excited to do that. But, you know, the most important thing is, you know, I'm excited to be in front of the Cleveland Browns fans for sure. Oh, okay. Uh, this is a football question. It also ties into some of the other stuff, but it's, it's football-related. So uh, what do you say to fans who might still believe, after all that's happened, that Deshaun Watson should not be the face of an NFL franchise? What do you say to those folks? Like I said, I'm focusing on football. Uh, that's my main focus is, is football and preparing to be the starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns so I can execute the game plan to try to get a win this Sunday. Deshaun, was it important to you to come back to this Texans game when you agreed to that settlement? Um, no, I was just trying to whatever I can do to, to play football in, in 2022. So, you know, most of the, the settlement stuff with the NFL was mostly my agency and legal team. I had no control. Uh, my main focus was doing everything I need to do so I can play this year. What, what do you think the reaction or atmosphere would be like? Um, I'm, I'm not sure. My main focus is locked in on the game plan and trying to execute and make sure that I'm keeping the standard, the standard for the Cleveland Browns, so we can try to win. In some ways, you've been able to do meetings over the back here to get some practice in, and you were treating like a little too. Is there a part of your game that was a focus for you, wanting to step it up? Get Right get back here. I think my biggest focus was the mental part of the game, uh, staying locked in on, on defensive schemes, staying locked in also uh, as much as I can with the, the scheme that we have here uh, with the Cleveland Browns and, and with Kevin. So trying to watch from afar and learn and see what Jacoby is seeing on the, on, on the field uh, during every Sunday. I watched every game like I was preparing myself to play. Uh, you know, I kind of knew exactly what was going on. I wasn't in those meetings early on in the, in the year. But once I was able to be in those meetings, I was basically preparing like I was a starter that week, asking Jacoby questions, what he see, and the different things that he experienced during the game. So uh, I think that was very, very helpful. I'm trying to follow up on Scott's question about the atmosphere going into it. I know it's going to be your accusers there. I think people are expecting it to be hostile. Just how do you think mentally you're, you're going to grapple with that on Sunday? Like I said, I'm focusing on just being the starting quarterback and executing the game plan. That's my main focus. I'm not, uh, you know, worried about the atmosphere. I got to go in and, and make sure I execute the game plan. Deshaun, on August 18th, you said that you wanted to tell your side of the story at some point, uh, and that people haven't been interested in, in listening to what you have to say. So, at some point, will you take non-football questions down the line? Uh, like I said, um, at this time, uh, I can't address any of that stuff. <laughs> Who knows what the future holds? But right now, I'm, I'm so locked in on just basically being the starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. Deshaun, it's a long layoff. Right. I mean, just 
Um, honestly, I'm not sure. I haven't, I haven't, this is my first time having time off. So my biggest focus is just going out there um, and, and just really whatever Kevin calls, make sure I'm executing, taking it one play at a time and let the game come to me, not pressing or anything like that. Hey, Sean, what, what can you add to the offense to make this more explosive? Um, you know, I just really just try to make as many plays as I can. Um, you know, if that's with my feet, with my arm, that's, you know, handing the ball off to 24, 27, uh, whatever I need to do to, you know, try to make uh, this offense continue to do what they're doing. You know, Jacob, like I said before, Jacoby's health, you know, I think our offense is in the top five in pretty much every category. So, you know, I got to hold up to that standard and do everything I can. Don't try to do anything special. Uh, just try to let the game come to me and, and execute whatever uh, needs to be for the quarterback. Uh, Deshaun, at four and seven, this I think my biggest responsibility is just like I said before is just keep iterating just doing what the scheme allows me to do and that's you know executing the game plan getting the ball to the playmakers hands and just try to win try to pick points uh, more points than the other opponent and if I continue to do that we can't focus on the next game, we can't focus on two games, three games down the road. We have to worry about being 1-0 and this week uh, and, and focus on that. During your time away from the building, I know you've been back a few weeks now, but what was most important for you to kind of stay in, in football shape when it's been so long since you last played a regular season game? Like I said, mostly it's the mental part of the game, just staying adapted and, and adjusting to you know different schemes that defense and coordinators are trying to do for not just for our scheme and our uh, system, but for everybody. I watched everybody. I watched a lot of different quarterbacks. I watched, you know, Mahomes. I watched two. I watched all these guys that's playing every Sunday. I try to learn from everyone. You know, I'm not the guy that kind of interchain just for myself. I like to watch other quarterbacks, and I'm a, I'm a fan of a lot of different quarterbacks around the league. You know, I have so much respect for everyone. So uh, my game is I want everyone to succeed. So I can be able to learn from them and, and apply it to my game. Just a quick like oh, physically, sorry. Uh, well, I mean, physically, just really, like I said, staying in shape, running, um, throwing the ball as much as I can, making sure my arm is in shape to throw however many footballs I need to throw on Sunday. Uh, you know, lifting weights. Um, that's that's pretty much just constantly working out. Deshaun, you got that those three series in Jacksonville in the preseason. What? Can you take from those those that opportunity that you can use now as you get ready for a regular season? How different was was that compared to a regular season? Uh, our biggest uh, you know plan for that three series was just operational. Hearing Kevin in the headset, being able to adapt to how he's calling plays, how you know different uh, personnel groupings are coming in. That was our biggest thing. Not so much of trying to do the you know what it is for a game plan we didn't you know it's, it's still preseason we're still trying to figure out who we are as a as an offense and so my first time hearing Kevin in the headset that's what we wanted to do I think it was maybe nine to ten plays so uh, of course we wanted to be more successful but you know at that time that's something that we can learn and that's why it's called preseason uh, I mean, it's exciting. I mean, you can see it on Sundays that they, they play with a hot motor. Everyone is, is playing together. Uh, it's one unit. And, um, you know, I've also got to, you know, go through spring and training camp with them. So I kind of knew how the locker room and how those guys was going to play. But watching them on Sunday, the game is never over. 
um, and, and those guys are going to continue to play to the final final whistle. And I'm excited to be able to try to, you know, bring that and improve that energy as much as I can with those guys also. So, Sean, at the time away, make you really appreciate who you are and, and what you have. I'm always always appreciative. Um, I'm always thankful for what I have. Uh, you know, my mom went through tongue cancer when I was 14 years old, and she never smoked a day in her life. Uh, so I've always been appreciative. I grew up with pretty much nothing, if you know my background story. So. Everything that, you know, every step I wake, every step I make each and every day, every time I wake up, I thank the Lord because I, you know, I'm a, uh, you know, God-fearing man and I know who my Lord and Savior is. So um, that's my main focus each and every day when I wake up. I give him thanks uh, and I thank everyone around me that helped me get to this moment because I didn't do it by myself. Deshaun, uh, you thanked in your introductory press conference. You thanked the Browns organization for believing in you as a person and, and trusting in the type of player you were. How close do you feel like to Deshaun that we saw a couple years ago? Um, we we'll have to see Sunday, honestly. Uh, like I said, I, I don't want to, you know, it's, it might take time, it might not take time. You know, I just want to go out there and, and do what I want to do, make plays as much as I possibly can. Um, you know, two years is, is definitely a long time, but at the same time, um, you know, I've been doing this for since I was six years old. So. Uh, you know, just like, you know, riding a bike, I want to go out there and just find the pedals, get my, you know, transition going, and then just let everything kind of come to me. Don't press it. Don't try to make anything uh, bigger than what it really is. Hey, Sean, I know you're in this system throughout training camp in the offseason, but watching for the last 11 weeks, have you learned anything about this Kevin system and how you fit into it? Um, yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is it's definitely a quarterback-driven system. Um, and, you know, we have guys around the quarterback that can make plays. So you don't have to do anything special. Just follow the rules that he wants you to follow. Get the ball in the, in the playmaker's hands and let them do work. You know, the O-line has been doing a heck of a job of supporting and, and protecting the quarterback as much as possible. Open up the run game for, for Nick Chubb. I think he's third or second in the lead in rushing for a while. He was number one. Um, so. You know, it's a, it's a great system to be in. I'm happy to be in it, and I'm just going to continue each and every day and learn as much as I can and continue to grow as not just for the system, but as a quarterback and as a leader. Deshaun, your teammates, defense and you know, offense, said your accuracy is probably your best attribute. Would you agree with that? And is there something that, you know, there's something you do different maybe that makes you so accurate? Um, you know, I just, my biggest thing is really just try to anticipate the throws, knowing where guys are going to be and knowing how the defense is going to play each and every route. Uh, if I can minimize that and try to, you know, get down the detail of how those things are going to do in certain situations, then I can place the ball where I need to be, uh, where it needs to be for the receiver to make the catch. Um, I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, I've always been trying to adapt to that, um, and I know that is timing and, and just repetition and film work. So I just try to, you know, watch film with those guys. <coughs> excuse me, watch film with those guys all week so they can see exactly what I'm saying. Are you getting some of that down? I know it's. Yes, sir. Down. Yes, sir. Um, just to go off of something you said with playing with Nick, I mean, there's been a lot of speculation that with you as quarterback and your abilities that this run game could really open up. I guess just what's it been like? What do you see in that regard with having Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt on this team? And do you think there's some, some opportunities there for all of you? Oh, yeah, I think it's some big opportunities for both of us. And uh, they do a good job of feeding off each other. And, you know, it's going to help us overall in the offense. You know, being balanced, being able to pass the ball, being able to run the ball is awesome. 
and I've been watching Nick since high school, <laughs> you know, so me and him come out together, came out together, and I've been watching him since high school, college, so it's been a long time, you know, uh, for me, and I have an opportunity for me to play with him uh, for the first time. It's super fun, and then you have Kareem, who's, you know, just me, just being in a huddle with him, he just makes everybody more comfortable and more relaxed, because that just who he is you know he of course he takes the game serious but you know just the way he approached and he carries himself it helps all of us in the huddle and uh he's a playmaker who can do it all too Deshaun you've been back in you know on the practice for the last couple of weeks how have you been able to what work have you done to kind of get on the same page with guys like Amari and Donovan and and the, and the other uh, skilled players on the team? Uh, my biggest thing when I first got back in the building is hearing how Jacoby talked to him um, and, and hearing how they watch film, hearing how, you know, Amari and DPJ and, and D-Bell and all the other receivers and tight ends talk to Jacoby what they're seeing. And then whenever my opportunity came for this week to, you know, step into that starting role, you know, I, I didn't want to really change anything too much. So me, me and Seven, uh, Jacoby, sorry, uh, you know, talk with those guys. We watch tape after practice. You know, they're seeing what I'm seeing. I'm able to stand up in the meetings and, and see, let them know what I see. And if they have anything, they see anything differently, then, you know, let's be able to have that communication, that relationship where we can talk and adapt and uh, not be so much of, you know, robots in, in, in the system. So, and I, it's awesome for Kevin and AVP uh, to be able to allow that for the players to do that. So. Well, there you go. 15 minutes of Deshaun at the podium there, and you'll get to see him play on Sunday. Yep. Um, it's been 700 days since he's played in a game, thereabouts. It will be on it will be By on the time you get exactly. there. Exactly. Was it really? Yeah. 700 on the money. Wow. It's be a 700 exactly by the time you get to it on Sunday. Um, the last time we saw him, he was brilliant. It's just been a really long time. We saw him in the preseason game, of course. That was a little bit rusty, but in terms of the last time you saw him in a regular season game, it was pretty sublime, my friend. Yeah, January 3rd, 2021, against the Titans, 28-39, 365 yards, three touchdowns, one interception, a 116 rating. And you go back and you think about the fact in 2020, 70% completions, leads the NFL with 4,823 yards, 33 touchdowns, seven picks, 112.4 rating, also led the NFL that year in yards per attempt at 8.9 led the NFL in yards per completion at 12.6 when you look for his career and by the way that's the only season in NFL history in which a quarterback has completed more than 70 percent of their passes thrown for more than 4,500 yards and had fewer than 10 interceptions in a single season um, if you look where he's historically for his career numbers um, best completion percentage in NFL history minimum of 1,500 attempts 68 percent second best quarterback rating in NFL history at 104.5 8.3 yards per attempt, third best in NFL history, and by far the best in the modern era because he trails only the great Otto Graham and Sid Luckman. Jeez. So it's been a while since they've it passed has. the pigskin around. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So he's he's great, and then you think about, we talk about with his legs, three straight seasons of more than 400 yards rushing, averages five rushing touchdowns a season as well. And, and in this offense, look, Jacoby Brissett, 238 yards rushing already this year. That was a career high for him. Mm -hmm. He never rushed for more yards in a single season, even the one where he started the full year in Indianapolis. So he's going to get opportunities. He is, he is elite. That compact motion, the stress he puts on a defense, um, it, it, he, he's obviously good. That's why you went through a lot of the things that have been gone through to get him to be able to play football for your football team. And, and now that, that moment has arrived couple of things on him he's never played with backfield mates like these nope he's never played behind an offensive line like this also nope um now they he played with some incredibly talented receiver groups deandre hopkins at his best certainly would 
suffice to say on that. But on those two fronts, hasn't. Um, it was Bill O'Brien calling the offensive uh, ball primarily for him when he was uh, in Houston. I don't know that anyone would conf- – Bill's – I respect the hell out of him for what he did at Penn State, but I don't know that anyone would describe him as an offensive genius. Um, and and that has been something that's been said about our guy. So there's – there in terms of the position – We're the number succeed, five offense in the NFL. That's right. Right now. Um, the position that he's going to be put in here is – the best one he's been put in probably since his time at Clemson um, when he was playing on those ultra-talented teams. I also think one other thing about him, I think that because he played in Houston and it's an expansion team, it is a new franchise that almost feels like a generic franchise a little bit. It feels like the only people who like the Houston Texans are people from Houston. Um, And even them probably yearn for the Oilers a little bit from time to time. And if you ask them, they'd probably rather have that branding. I think sometimes people forget, as you were going through those stats, I think people forget what he was. I don't know that he was given the attention that probably was warranted based on the statistical accumulation and the success that he had on the field, in part because of where he played. Yeah, And, and, and that's weird because it's a top-five market size-wise, but it's not a top-five brand in the league. It's not. A, I would say it's one of the bottom-five brands. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you go from Clemson and and end up there. It's just a big change in terms of your your profile, what you're able to do, all of those things. You're, I think you're exactly right about that. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind, in fact. I think if you exactly ask right. anybody who followed, follows college football closely over the last 20 years, you can make a very strong argument that Deshaun Watson is the best or most important college football player or as important as any over the sure. last 15 or 20 years. That's what he did sure. at Clemson uh, in elevating that program. So he'll play for us on Sunday, and it is going to be fun to see. On the other side, the matchup for us. We're coming off of a very good defensive performance. Can we stack them? We will get into that. We have guessed the spread coming up oh. at uh, around 2.15-ish. We will get to that. And of course, the general joins us. John McClain on the program today as well, plus a Thursday night edition of The Scores. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. And when a medical mistake causes you injury, call the medical malpractice attorneys at 1-800-ELK-OHIO. Elk and Elk's a proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. And now the other side of the matchup, our defense rejuvenated last week, taking on a Texans offense that leaves a lot to be desired. Here's Joe Woods at the podium. Joe, what did you think was um, the difference last week and the better performance from the run game? Yeah, I think... um, I think we had a good plan. I think throughout the week, uh, we wrapped different type of runs we thought we were going to get. Um, I felt the guys were confident. Um, I think we really played hard. Um, our gap security, integrity was better. And I think we tackled well. A little frustrating, Joe, to have a game like <clears throat> to the point of you know you guys can do it. You know, you know how the players, the scheme works, the play calls, all that. Is it frustrating to see it on the field a little bit and go, why haven't we doing it all the time? You wonder that, and really with each game, it could be two or three plays that make the difference. You know, whether you go back to Buffalo or any game, you make two or three plays at any point during the game, and it's, it's different. And we made some mistakes. You know, we made some similar mistakes we made in other games, but we just found a way to overcome it. How about Pierce, right? He's uh, a Houston runner. Um, yeah. How do you handle him? Man, he's good. Uh, he's a good back. I haven't seen him, 
but just watching Tate, uh, I have a lot of respect for how he plays. Um, he's a physical back. Uh, he's downhill. He has quickness. I think he's second in the NFL in broken tackles, fourth in yards after contact, ninth in rush yards per game. But he, he is a handful, and you're going to need multiple guys to tackle him. The fact that Miles was able to do what he did at the end of that game despite um, taking that big hit on the left shoulder, what did that show you about him? He's our leader on defense, and whatever it took, he was going to find a way you know, to help us get a win. Um, I talked to him after the game and said, like, how you doing? You know, not good, but I'll be all right. Uh, but he is our leader, and it was great to see him make those plays at the end. And then there was a play, I think you mentioned it after the game, where I know he gets held a lot, but this one looked really bad, <laughs> where he's kind of, you know, taking down the ground. Just like, used to it. <laughs> it's just going to happen. You know, they're not all, all going to get called. That's just the nature of the game, and he knows that. Jeremiah Osukoromoa or Alex Wright making really big impactful plays in a game that they hope to carry over into the next games. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's that's what we want to see. Um, we have some talented, you know, young players, and they're getting better every week. And you can feel them getting closer and coming together. Um, so when you see those guys make those plays and you see them celebrate, um, you just see that our youth is developing and, and getting better. What have you seen your defense with Deshaun Watson returning this week? Have you seen maybe a little uptick in energy? I, I don't know. I mean, we're so focused on what we do. You know, obviously he's back, and he's been on the practice field. Um, so I, I couldn't answer that for the players. I'm excited he's back, um, you know, for him. But uh, we got to go out and handle our business. What do you like about Sione being in the middle? Sione's a take-charge type of guy, you know, and our middle linebacker. He's the quarterback of the defense. So just to have him stay in the front of the huddle and uh, be the, I guess, center point or centerpiece of our defense uh, is good. I think it gives guys confidence. And I think with his ability to play the run and his athletic ability, um, you know, to get, you know, in zone to, to match up and do the things we need to do, I think it's been a benefit for, benefit for us. And I think you guys all see his playmaking ability. He was on the strong side for you guys for the first couple of years. Was there a reason? He never got a shot in the middle because he played middle like in college. So. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, but just based on, you know, the guys we had to position and what we asked our weak side linebacker to do, he was a perfect fit for that. But as you can see, he's capable of playing multiple positions, and that's a benefit for us. All right, there's your defensive coordinator, Joe Woods. His unit had a good week last week. Let's take a look at that defense versus the Texans offense brought to you by Evolve Technology. Evolve Technology powers best-in-class security – for your Cleveland Browns. And for the matchup, specifics. Dr. Zeke. Well, if you're a defense, you got to be excited about a team coming to town. Well, you're going to their town. That you're facing on the field that is last in total offense, 31st in scoring offense, 29th in rushing offense, 27th in passing offense, 31st on third downs. They give up the sixth most sacks in the league. They have the fifth most turnovers in the league. They are 30th in the red zone, 26th on big plays, 30th in yards per play. So their best best the offensive ranking is to be the sixth worst in the league at something mm. that's their best offensive ranking so they made a quarterback switch last week kyle allen takes over 711 all time as a starter that was his first start of the season he went 26 of 39 for 215 yards one touchdown two interceptions a rating of 67.8 he was sacked five times fumbled twice lost none of them um 
Career stats, 63% passer, 25 touchdowns, 19 picks, 84 rating. He has been sacked, though, for his career nearly once for every 10 attempts, one of the highest rates in the league. Uh, they brought him in because Davis Mills was leading the league with 11 interceptions and 14 giveaways. Kyle Allen had two picks in that game, so you can extrapolate and say that that's a worse pace there. Uh, but Kyle Allen will say, I have faced Deshaun Watson once and I have beaten him. Kyle Allen is the starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers in 2019, yep. Week 4. Beat the Texans 16-10 to in that one. Uh, but this is not a team that throws the ball very well. They're led by Brandon Cooks. He, of course, has six 1,000-yard seasons in his career, including back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons with the Texans. This year, though, numbers are down. 44 catches, 520 yards, just one touchdown. No touchdown in six straight games. Does not have a 100-yard game this year. Nico Collins, teammate of Donovan Peoples-Jones, second on the team, 34 catches, 446 yards, one touchdown. Um, he needs one yard for a new career high. Donovan Peoples-Jones, by the way, needs five yards for a new career high. So those Michigan teammates feels like we'll set new career highs in this game. Uh, Chris Moore, 24 catches, 268 yards, two touchdowns. That's the third leading receiver on the team uh, at the wide receiver position. And then there's Jordan Akins, who's 21 catches, 300 yards, and two touchdowns. 300 yards puts him third on the team. He's averaging 14.3 yards a catch career high. That's actually third best among all tight ends. Their line is awful, other than Laramie Tunsil. Laramie Tunsil's a, a multiple-time pro bowler. Pro Football Focus is number seven tackle, the number one pass-blocking tackle at Pro Football Focus. Uh, Kenyon Green, their rookie first-round pick out of Texas A&M, is currently the 85th-ranked guard out of 89. Their center, Scott Quisenberry, is currently the 40th-ranked center out of 41. Mm. A.J. Can has given up a team-high five sacks. So from left guard to right guard, they have given up uh, 16 sacks through the interior three on the team, which is stunning. Titus Howard, the right tackle, not bad in his own right. Uh, he's given up one sack on 26 pressures this year. Uh, they're running back, though. He's a stud. Damian Pierce, you've heard everybody talk about him. Fourth rounder. He was actually picked with one of the picks we sent them in the Deshaun Watson trade. There you go. He's got, on the season, 788 yards rushing, ninth in the NFL, leads all rookies. He leads the NFL in broken tackles with 28. Uh, he's been really good. He can, he can run around you. He can make you miss. He can run you over. He's got uh, 426 yards after contact. That's fifth. Chubb is third for comparison's sake, 463. He is second in Pro Football Folks' elusive rating. Nick Chubb, of course, is first. Um, but the last two weeks, he's been held to exactly eight yards in each of the two games. First 10 weeks of the season, he averaged 86 yards per game, six in the NFL. He had five games with 90 or more yards, two games with 100 yards. Um, he is uh, a very impressive guy, and that's who the Browns need to make sure that they stop in this one. Whether you're buying or selling a home with Hammond Real Estate Services, they're going to have you covered. A winning strategy certainly is there for you. If you plan to make a move this season, they've got you covered. At Howard Hanna, every day is game day. Visit HowardHanna.com slash GoBrowns today. We will attempt to guess the spread. Coming up next, you'll see Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Valley Bet on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. And the Bath Authority gives you that bathroom of your dreams, folks. In about a day, you transform it. All of a sudden, you're in a spa-like experience. 
Bath Authority can do it for you. They make it a reality for you at a fraction of the cost of the competitors. They can do so in about a day. The Bath Authority's Cleveland's premier bath and shower remodeler, experts, and factory trained. You give them a call now at 216-220-8399. You get 500 bucks off your next custom bath or shower remodel. Go to bathauthority.com for details. It's where affordability meets quality. It's the largest selection of bath projects. They're all made in the United States. Change your bathroom from outdated to outstanding. Again, in about a day, superior products with expert installers at thebathauthority.com. 216-220-8399 on that. Time for a little segment we like to call guess the spread oh baby i'm on a heater i don't know if i can keep it going give me wants to see me fail just keep yelling into the microphone all overall I, he comes ultra troll you in this segment this is his this most is trolling his, of yeah yeah he really yeah. comes at you here my, my um, nana had a comment about that i wanted Why don't to we dig in the i wanted to get here. it going early today by getting his head early with his little b moment in segment one and you went at him there. Yep. Right. Go Just, for that. Yeah. Let, let's get it going it. now. Gibby is, Gibby is shameless saying Jeez. that you're due for a failure. I said, I know. Isn't it hurtful? And she said, it's certainly invading your ecosystem. <laughs> and as your mother, I'm deeply concerned about how you were treated. It invaded oh. mine, too. You're invading my mom's ecosystem, Gibby, with your negativity. So, Nana, I, I don't want any part of the ecosystem. <laughs> Kindly leave on the ecosystem talk. You're safe. You're safe. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Um, your son. <clears throat> I own it. You don't <laughs> own me. I'm on fire. It's it's. I would say at this point you're an even Steven through the time we've been doing this, which is pretty good. I might slightly be slightly maybe a game the, or two over 500. You're right in the mix, give or take a game here or there. Okay. I, I haven't been keeping track of this like we do everything else. Yeah. All right, here we go. But we're on a real. I had like a 10 last and, two. Weeks. I had a ten and four though. I was never a four and ten. No, you definitely were a six and yeah, you definitely ten though. There was records. there were some of those early. Yeah. Um, but you're on you've been on a heater. Why don't you calm down, Gibbe? Just warming up. Buffalo tonight at New England. Buffalo at New England. Buffalo minus five? What's what's within the margin? One. One. I'm so sorry. What is it? Minus three and a half. Wow. Normally you're really good at the start. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Look at where this is. Keep going your head up. Already. Keep your head up. Pittsburgh at Atlanta. Pittsburgh at Atlanta. My mind is blank. It's a Pittsburgh empty space. At Atlanta. Pittsburgh. Minus one. Got it. In your face. Was Packers at Bears. Packers at Bears. Are you guys aware that if the Packers win this game, they will become the winningest franchise in NFL history? And are you then also aware, they're both tied to like 785 wins, something like that. If that happens, it will be the first time in NFL history that somebody other than the Bears has been the winningest franchise in NFL history. On the Bears, yep. Okay. Think about that. The entire history of the league, the Bears have been the winningest franchise until... The Packers win in Chicago this week. Like, do we know who's playing quarterback for either team? We don't. I think the feeling is that Rodgers, Rodgers is playing is for the Packers. Play. Yeah. Green Bay minus three. Green Bay minus four and a half. Jacksonville at That's Denver. One and a half twice already. Jacksonville at Detroit. At Detroit. I'm sorry. At Detroit. Jacksonville at Detroit. Looking for Jacksonville. I feel like lost. I'm Detroit. lost. You're all right. Keep your head up. Confidence. I love this. Trust your gut. Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Minus two. Got it. Jacksonville minus one. 
Jets at Vikings. Jets at Vikings. Jets at Vikings. That's right. Vikings minus four. Got it. Vikings minus three. Washington. So where are we at? We're at three and three two. And, three and two. Okay. Washington at the Giants. At the Long G- way to go. Man. Long way to go. Bless, Bless you. you. Thank you. Giants. Not as big as you think. Giants minus one and a half. That'd be incorrect. Washington minus two and a half. God, they do not like them. They do not like the Giants. Tennessee at Philly. Back to 500. (laughs) Tennessee at Philly. This feels like Philly minus four and a half. Nailed it. On it. Exactly. Exactly? Exactly. Denver at... Not according to mine. Baltimore. Denver at Baltimore, gentlemen. Baltimore. There are no... Winners. Baltimore. I need to get myself under seven, but also over eight. So Baltimore minus seven and a half. Got it. Baltimore minus eight and a half. Woo! So good thing I put that hook on there. I was Luckily, thinking about seven. You're above five hundred. We're two over five hundred right now. Five uh, and three. Yeah, you are. Uh Cleveland at Houston. Browns at Texans. Browns by a tutty seven. Nailed it. On it exactly. Seattle at just ram it. Seattle at just ram it. Matt Stafford? We don't know. I don't think so. Seems like McVay's saying no. Not sure it would matter. Seattle minus in LA? Yep. Seattle minus four and a half. That would be incorrect. Seattle minus seven. Oh. Seven. I will tell you that it started at four and a half, though. We have a ruling, please. Like on Sunday, it was four and a half. Okay. Uh, Miami at San Francisco. Yeah, I've ruled on it. You lost. You were wrong. <laughs> wow. Miami at San Francisco. This will be shades of the 84 Super Bowl. 38-16 Niners. Yeah. I think they'd call them even on a neutral field, home field three Niners, but I'm going to say maybe slightly less than that. Niners minus two and a half. Should have went with your instinct. Niners minus four. What? Oh, boy. Niners Coming back to earth here. Minus four. It's the mentor versus the mentee. <laughs> Should have gone with the mentor. Minus four. For a team that hasn't lost? Yeah, minus four. They love the Niners. Love them. Kansas City at Cincinnati. Kansas City God, at Cincinnati. Great games. The late afternoon windows are unbelievable. These are hard, though. Kansas City... At Cincinnati. Kansas City. Minus two. Nailed it. Exactly two. Really? Yep. Chargers at Vegas. Looking for the Chargers at Vegas. Chargers minus one. Got it. It's a pick em. Indy. Annapolis. At Dallas. Sunday night foosball. Odell's going there, isn't he? He's going to I Dallas. think so. Gibbe says he's going to New York, though. You think? That's what Gibbe's people say. Uh, he, he wants to play with Dan Dallas. Dan Dimes again? Re- maybe go back to New York? I guess if he's trying to he save... He wants to go to New York. If he wants to save his, like, try and, like, 
rebuild the bridge with the Giants because that's his greatest moment. I don't think he can play for the Cowboys. Yeah. So if he wants to act like he's a Giant for life or whatever, he could go to the Giants. All right. I think I need to be slightly under 10, but also slightly over 10. So I'm going to go 10 and a half. Exactly that. In your face, dude. What do you have to say now? What do you have to say now? Well, that's I'll nine. Be- and what are we at? Nine and you're, you're nine and five. Again. You're nine and five. It's unbelievable. This is an incredible How many games stretch. Left? You got one left. So it's our winner. It's, it's a winner. It's already winner. Saints. Get out of my ecosystem. Saints at Bucks. Till next week. I'll be back. I know you. So will I. Saints. Saints at Bucks. Bucks have to be favored. I'll say Bucks. They're not that good though. Bucks. Vegas likes the Saints a little bit. Bucks. God, I want to get ten. Three and a half. On it exactly. Ladies and gentlemen, now that he's out of his vehicle and his helmet's off, thank you. I'd like to thank my mom for giving me the confidence to stare down the bully in the face. Nana, nana, out of my ecosystem. Out of my ecosystem. I I can't hear you, and I love it. I've taken my earphones out. I'll see you guys later. (laughs) The next level is next. (laughs) Good job. Good job out of you, buddy. Very, very impressive. I think we like we can't break yet. Oh, well, he can. Oh, you can, but you can. McLean doesn't join us till two thirty. Here's the, well, he's out of the segment. Here's the one that I think. I think there's a couple that are really interesting to me on these. I think Minnesota only three at home against the Jets is surprising to me. Did I get that one? What did I? You say? did three and a half. I think four. you. Yeah, I said four, I think I think. four yeah. and it's three. Um, Minnesota's point differential on the season is Low. five. Low. It's five. Um, there are two teams in the AFC who have lapped the field in point differential. It's Buffalo and Kansas City. That's right. Are the two that have. Um, in the NFC, it is the Philly and Dallas that have uh, that have lapped the field a little bit. But the um, but yeah, it's a it's a narrow margin there for that one. Uh, another one that I thought was surprising, and I I understand why you got to do it, but Baltimore Baltimore is going to win by ten. Denver. I mean, stinks. I know they suck, but like, doesn't that just scream seventeen to ten? The what defense I, is pretty good. Did I good. get that one? You got it. I think you said seven and a half, and it was eight and a half. Eight and a half. Eight and a half feels um, like a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Niners line surprised me. The Washington. Washington being favored. Being favored. That on was the road. your biggest miss. Yeah. Yeah. Biggest whiff. Yeah. They had. They don't like the Giants, though, and they haven't for they a They haven't, long, and long I knew time. that. Yeah. Seattle minus seven. I don't think I got that one either. That felt like a that, big You number. did. It was four and a half, but it went all the way to seven. Yeah. So that's probably started at four and a half thinking it was Stafford. And then now that it feels like it's not going to be Stafford, it got all the way to seven. I I also think one. it's weird, and I'm sh- I knew it was going to be a low number, but like Puker's at Atlanta. It, it, there's here's no the love to Atlanta. So this, no, no, and here's but here's what like I think Atlanta what's happened bit. though. This is what I think what's happening in the league. Other than Houston, there's two teams now who are chips are in Houston, Chicago. So they're they're not going to win anymore. The Bears have lost five in a row. Houston's lost how many in a row? Six. Six? Okay. All by a touchdown. Yep. So, six and oh, they've lost six. Bears have lost five. Those two teams are going to pick first and second in the draft. Now, I think some teams, and I think Atlanta could be one of these teams, I think there's going to be some teams that are like, you know what? I think we'd love to pick third. And They could still win their division, though. But they're not going to. And they're not going to win the Super Bowl. I mean, I think you got to be realistic about that. And what's what's Pittsburgh not going to do? That. Right. Because it'll mean more to them to go eight and nine – than it will for them to go than it, than the benefit of them going four and thirteen, so Pittsburgh's effort will be there every single week. That's how they beat Indy last week. They'll have effort, big effort against Atlanta. Watt will play hard. 
Cam Hayward oh, will yeah. play hard. You're 100 percent right about that. that. They're going. It's just that's going to be a big thing to watch going forward. That's the, like Detroit. Detroit's going to play hard because Dan Campbell's trying to save his job and build yeah. culture. They're going to try and inch back towards 500. Just watch them. They get the Rams pick anyway, so why not? I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. They're going to play hard. Yeah, they will. Browns fans, skip the chore of laundry. Enjoy life, not laundry. Tide Cleaners is offering 30% off dry cleaning for the month of November. Just mention promo code BROWNS. Visit TideCleaners.com to find the closest location nearest you. Some exclusions may apply. The General John McClain up next. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. And Rumpke Waste Recycling is family owned and operated. Whether you join them as a customer or an employee, you'll become part of the family. Visit Rumpke.com to learn more. Time to head out on the hotline behind enemy lines with columnists for gallerysports.com and Sports Radio 610. Certainly an icon in the business. The, te- the Texans flagship, of course, he is the general. He is John McClain. He joins us on the Twisted Tea hotline. Uh, John, this is... You paint the picture for us, buddy. You've been down there a long time. He comes back. Deshaun comes back on Sunday. Uh, what's the town like in anticipation of this this week? And and kind of what's the feel? People don't give a rat's you know what about Watson coming back here. The reason, and I know that people around the country find that hard to believe. No matter how much people try to stir it up and create interest, people are so down on the Texans right now because they're a pathetic excuse for a team, especially their offense. They've lost six in a row and averaged 13.2 points a game in the last five. People are, they just don't care. There's apathy. If this had been earlier in the season when they were actually competitive, there might be a little more interest. And it doesn't matter how many plaintiffs Tony Busby has in his suite or how much talk shows try to drum up the support here. There will be as many Browns fans in the stands as there are Texans fans. And and I'm sure Texans fans will boo him, but don't. There's one thing you got to be clear up in Cleveland. If, you, if, the, if the Browns win the toss and defer and the Texans offense goes on the field and goes three and out, the boos you hear won't be for Watson coming on the field. It'll be for the Texans offense going off the field because it's a, as bad as I've ever seen in my 47 years covering the NFL. John, and to that point, the first half of the last two games, they've been outscored 50 <laughs> to nothing, four first downs, one of 12 on third down. I saw your tweet where I got this information from that it is the most pathetic display of offense I think that you've ever seen. What's going on? I mean, Damian Pierce, first 10 weeks, was dominant. He's been held to only eight yards. It feels like they're turnover machines at quarterback, and the change didn't help much. What's going on with this team? Let me go back to them the last year. Davis Mills' the last five games look really good. Nine touchdowns, two interceptions, beat the Chargers. Jaguars had two ratings of at least 128 in the last game that Tennessee had to win to secure home field advantage. Titans won 25-23. He threw for 303 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, and a rating of 128.5. So everybody thought – He deserved another chance to be the starter. Nobody said he was a franchise quarterback. So Tim Kelly, 
the offensive quarterback play caller, was fired. He went to Tennessee. And then Pep Hamilton, who'd been the quarterback coach, was elevated to coordinator and play caller. And the only time he'd been a play caller and offensive coordinator in the NFL was with the Colts. And they fired him midway through the 2015 season. And Pep Hamilton's done a terrible job. The Davis Mills we saw is nothing compared to the Davis Mills we saw at the end of last year. And he didn't just get bad over the offseason. His past game, they went to Kyle Allen. They were just as bad. They've had 37 yards in the first half of the last two games. 37. Now, they played better in the second half because teams play loose coverage not to give up a big play. And, they, and I make jokes during the game on Twitter, Texans lead the second half 15 nothing. Texans win another <laughs> second half. And the fact is the offense is awful. Uh, there's a good chance Lovey Smith's going to be fired. That'd be two one-and-done coaches. A new guy would be the fifth in four years. But right now there's so much apathy and disillusionment on the part of the fans. They can't even – get a good mad on for Deshaun Watson coming back. Well, that's, as, as you know, like that's, that's the, probably the most terrifying word in professional sports is apathy in the home market. There's nothing worse than that. Anger's better than apathy. Um, apathy feels like the last step between that and irrelevance. Um, so I guess big picture and take the off field stuff with Watson out of it. This is an organization that five years ago was one of the up and comers. And you think about, Watson, Hopkins, Watt, all that other young talent that was on the roster, um, an operation that felt like it would be a contender for a, for a while. When you think of parceling out blame, whose feet does it land on that they are where they are now? First of all, in January of 2021, they beat Buffalo and Josh Allen here in a wild card game. They had Kansas yep. City 24-0 in the divisional round at Arrowhead Stadium, then went straight down the toilet. The problem was when the McNair family made Bill O'Brien the general manager. He had been general manager without the title. And he he and his buddy Jack Easterby, who was fired during this season, they made decisions like trading Jadavion Clowney, trading DeAndre Hopkins, not re-signing Tyron Matthew, not re-signing those tackle DJ Reader. They made other decisions that were bad ones. Now, they made a good decision when they brought in Brandon Cooks for a low two. They made good decisions when they signed Laramie Tunsil to Sean Watson. But at the time, those contracts were phenomenal. Tunsil was the highest paid offensive lineman in history. And so they made decisions in personnel. The trade of Lar- the trade for Laramie Tunsil and a receiver for two ones and a two to Miami really hurt this team. So they decide they're going to start over. They are Nick Casario. They had tried to hire him two times before, and he couldn't get out of his contract. Well, the rules changed, and he was, and he came in here on a six-year contract last year. They told him, tear it down to the bare bones and start over. They had cap issues. They didn't have picks in two, two number ones years in a row and a number two. So his first pick last year was in the third round. He took – Davis Mills. They only had five picks overall. Now, next year, they got 12 draft choices, two number one. And, of course, they were really upset with Jacoby Brissett and Amari Cooper worked their miracle in overtime because, of course, they get the Browns' first pick. And John Medici, the third receiver who was drafted in the second round, he's being treated for leukemia, but he's supposed to be back next year. And they'll have a lot of cap money 
for the first time. So next year is when this team ought to show market improvement. We think they'll take a quarterback like Bryce Young in the first round. But the problem was when they named Bill O'Brien and let him and Jack used to be run the organization, Bill wasn't a bad coach. You know, Bill, that wasn't the issue. It was Bill as the GM was you. a disaster. And uh, the McNair family, they hire people. They let them do their jobs. If they don't, they'll fire them. Nick Casario's job is under no jeopardy. But, but boy, if Lovie Smith, if they continue to get embarrassed like they have in the last two games, I think they'll clean house. And one other thing you guys brought up, Damian Pierce. Eagles and Giants, they he averaged 116.5 yards a game rushing. He was number four in the league after that game. The last two games against Washington and Miami, they've loaded the box, hit him before he ever gets started, forced passes, and then get out the quarterback because they can't throw the ball. Their offensive line all of a sudden has been awful. And so I'm sure that's what the Browns are going to do. The Browns could beat them if they never threw a pass because they have the worst run defense in the NFL. I've been telling people this will be like a joint practice for Watson. They'll have to throw a few from the pocket, throw a few rolling left, throw a few rolling right, and then give the ball to Chubb and Hunt and, and you know, then go get on the plane and go home. We love having you on because you, you tell it as you see it, and I love that about you. You mentioned that offensive line. I was just getting ready for the game. Uh, across the middle, Kenyon Green, the first-rounder, Quisenberry, and A.J. Can they have given up a lot of sacks this year and a lot of interior pressure, and that obviously makes life tough for any quarterback. Uh, what's kind of your, your thought on that and the interior? Because Howard and Tunsil have been okay at the tackles, but on the interior, if you don't have that, you really can't play offense in the league, and it feels like the Texans aren't. That's a good observation. The tackles have not been the issue. The problem, Justin Britt was before the center. He took off. They had to elevate Quistenberry. They needed a new center desperately. They brought in A.J. Ken from Jacksonville, where he started six years. He's been inconsistent. Kenyon Green from Texas A&M, and he used a native 15th overall pick, was an ass-kicking run blocker in college. And he started off really well. And then when Washington got here with two first-round picks and defensive tackle, they abused him. And then here comes uh, Miami with one number one pick and a number two in the defensive line, and they abuse him and Quisenberry and Can. So the interior defensive line has really roughed them up in the last two games. And, of course, they've got to pay special attention to Miles Garrett, and uh, yep. no matter which side he lines up on. But they're, if, if I am the Browns, I'm putting Garrett, I'm having him switch over and rush from the inside. And they do that. He will that'll be. Happen, uh, yeah. That'll happen for sure. Do you think they stick with Kyle Allen the rest of the way, or or is it kind of a week to week thing? Well, unless they want to get David Carr from the NFL Network, I don't know who else to <laughs> put a quarterback. They got Jeff Driscoll on the practice squad. He's a better runner than passer, but it wouldn't surprise me if they go back to Davis Mills because Kyle Allen is what he is. Came into the league as an undrafted free agent, five year yep. veteran. Sunday was the first time he played in two years, and he looked like yep. it. And it didn't matter because they're so bad in the first half. You know, I don't, I don't think Otto Graham could work with this offense in the first half. It's so pathetic. John, we um, it's been 700 days since Deshaun has played in a game, or it will be by the time we get to Sunday. You were there the last time he played in a game. You you watched all of his games during his, his time as a professional player in Houston. Um, 
we obviously watched him from afar and marveled at his ability. In terms of his fit in this type of offense that Kevin Stefanski runs, the Shanahan wide zone scheme, what will he like most about this, and what of his strengths will be amplified by this offense? First of all, as you guys know, the Browns have to run the ball. You never can tell what the weather is going to be like. It doesn't matter if it's September. Only time Watson played there was the game in November, and went two years ago when the wind was so bad insane. they had to evacuate the stadium. When I went to my car afterward, I almost blew over. It was so bad. So that's why I eliminated Cleveland right off the bat. But they gave him 230 million reasons to change his mind. You know, there hadn't been a 4,000-yard passer there since Saib in 1980. Here, 4,000 was routine because he plays his own games indoors, Jacksonville, Tennessee, indoors, and Indy. The big test for him is going to be playing all these games outdoors after this one because he's not used to playing in bad weather. And I think that uh, there'll still be a running team, but he is a great quarterback. His last season here, he was fantastic and they were, had a bad record. It wasn't his fault. If you take away all the off-the-field stuff, he's a leader. He's tough. We saw him play with a punctured lung and fractured ribs, and he, he made so many great plays. He will make dynamic plays for the Browns, and, you know, after a while, people will never forget what he was accused of, and the league said he did here, but they'll focus more on his playing because – you know, Bernie Gosar was a really good quarterback, and, and Sype was a really good quarterback. And I'll guarantee you, over time, Watson will be the best quarterback they've had since Otto Grant. Fantastic stuff, sir. Mic drop Thank there. you so much for your time, as always. Yes. We love talking to you. Thanks for giving us a little bit of your time today. And I can be read on gallerysports.com, and there's no paywall. It's free, free, How about that? free. The <laughs> general guys. for free? That's Let's excellent. Go. Check free. it out at gallerysports.com. He is the general. Uh, as you probably could tell right there, he is the authority. That's right. On Houston sports, the NFL, and all things else, it feels like. Uh, it's a treat to have him on. <laughs> he doesn't obviously. mince words. He does not. Uh, he was on the Twisted Tea Hotline brought to you by Twisted Tea Hard Ice Tea, an official sponsor of the Cleveland Browns. Keep it twisted, Cleveland. And there's nothing quite like tailgating touchdowns in Twisted Tea. It tastes just like real iced tea. You know why? Because it's made with real brewed tea, cool, refreshing, 5% kick of alcohol. It's thirst down and gold. Twisted Tea Hard Ice Tea. Keep it twisted. You know, you brought up something I thought so interesting in that in that interview, and you were talking about, you know, who where does the blame fall? And he said, well, Bill, Bill O'Brien, the GM, you know, trading, mm-hmm. getting rid of the cornerstones of your franchise on both sides of the ball and it's amazing to me that bill belichick is obviously you bill walsh i'll still put in the conversation but is is probably the greatest coach of all time but he's not paul brown bill belichick bill walsh like those are the guys he has not been a great gm and yet the guys Mm -hmm. that leave his tree try to be him so badly that they want to do all of the different things too and maybe they're also not good at gming no, they all want that same amount of power. It's they, wild, and, and it, it's never worked. No, not Josh McDaniels in Denver. Doesn't feel like Josh McDaniels in Vegas. At least not early. Right now, but he brought a GM with him. He at did. Least. Yeah, He's it's not a trying different. to do it. Yeah, all. Uh, but, but you're right. O'Brien, O'Brien with Texans. Weiss, Texan. Yeah, Romeo, man, genius. Yeah, they all wanted all the power in the world, like Bill had, and it's weird that they wouldn't. You would not see that Bill, the GM, underdid undercut bill the coach yeah over and over and over again um he had some moments obviously he's had some good draft picks but for the most part 
not great. Not great. No, I not mean, a great and I, th- I think the other thing that is all very clear about that whole operation is that Brady was a little bit of an elixir for all the rest of it. He covered up a lot of stuff yeah. through the years or the, the, the lack of stuff that was happening there. I just think it's a fascinating spot down there in the standpoint of how, how a, you know, an empire can crumble or what you thought was on the cusp of being an empire can crumble. And like it that. crumbled. If you go back the playoff game against Kansas city, right? 24, nothing in that game. And then that's it. Look at this guy. Anarella legend, legend, absolute legend. All right, it is a Thursday. The score is coming up next. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Browns fans, catch the Kevin Stefanski Show with Zia Gerard tonight, 7 to 8, University Hospitals, Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Coach and Anthony Schwartz will join the guys to get you ready for Sunday's game against the Texans. Actually, an interesting interview with Anthony Schwartz, a guy that I know has been much maligned and certainly has not produced at the level that you wanted to or that we felt like we were going to get after that week one game yep. in Kansas City a year ago. Uh, but a guy who's worked hard and has you know quietly gone about doing whatever he can to help the team, whether that's playing special teams, making tackles. He was the one who actually made the tackle on Corey Bohorkas' big punt where there was also the block in the back that flipped the field uh, late mm-hmm. in that game that set up the mile sack, that set up the touchdown to David Njoku. So he's done a lot of little things to help this football team, and you know he's gotten to work a lot with Deshaun Watts in the last couple of weeks um, on the scout team. And so hopefully there's like a connection there because his speed, especially in a dome like in Houston, could really unlock some things against, you know, some safeties who are struggling mightily for the Houston Texans. He's it's he's just got it's just the catch part. I mean, which is an enormous part. He had two drops today. I saw in some of the videos going around in practice and you just got to catch it when it's on your hands, brother. That's it. It's an and it's, part I of it. feel like it has become mental. You can literally yeah. see him fighting the ball. For sure. We, we talked about that in camp. It's been for a long time. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's a tough one to get past. But I, I was like, going to see him. He's a great dude. We've had him in yeah. here. He's awesome. But you gotta, if you're trying to think your way through a golf swing, you're not going to hit the ball where you want to. If you're trying no to think your way through a clutch beer pong shot, you're not going to throw the ball nope. where you need to. It's just like if you're trying to think your way through catching the ball, you're not going to catch it. You got to catch it. Got to catch it. And I always, it's like you tell any kid, like, do it. You've done the homework. Do it. So don't worry about it. Do it. Right. It's like Starsky and Hutch. Underrated movie. Do it. Such underrated and great. And never on. Never on. Never. It's almost as if no. it's been it wiped. It had a run on TNT like five or six years ago where it would run on. But it's incredible. But it's great. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It gets lost for sure. And it's amazing. I mean, it's not of the, the Owen Wilson, uh, Ben Stiller movies. It's not number one for me, but I think like Zoolander obviously would be. I would. But I think there. it might be more. It's really good. I think it, there's more in it. Zoolander means something special to me. I, I understand that. that. Yeah. I understand that. Well, you had a career as a male model. Jacoby Mugatu. Legend. He's great. He is great. All right, Gibby, we got a score? We have a Thursday night football score, and it's a big one in the AFC East. The Buffalo Bills, 8-3. and three. By the way, 0-2 in their division. They are. Traveling to New England to battle the 6-5 and five Patriots. Zagura. Now I'll leave it up to my man, Bo. Yeah, I'm sorry. Bill Thursday Belichick, night. a home dog. Really? Huh? The Bills can't win at home. Bills haven't won anything in the AFC. Really? Really? On a Thursday? On a Thursday? Patriots. Mm. Patriots. Patriots 39,000. 
Bill zero. Really? Really? We're back tomorrow. Next level is next. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and ESPN 850 WKNR.